Hello, people of the world. This is Nick Zoraris, and this is the Upper Bowl GM Podcast. Busy, busy week of stuff coming up. Lots, lots to talk about. Exciting weekend of football. We had the conclusion of the NFL regular season. We had the last two. We had the two college football semifinal games. We had a couple of interesting bowl games. So A and M North Carolina, which is pretty good for da- for Jimbo and his guys. Ohio State showed up, ran Clemson off the field. Alabama beat Notre Dame in one of the most boring football games I've ever watched. Exciting weekend in the NFL. Saw quite a few teams punch their own tickets. Indianapolis against Jacksonville. We saw Green Bay lock up the number one seed. Saw the Bills mollywop the Dolphins and send to a home. I'll be sure that that these are all things that are going to come up on today's episode. But before I get to the episode, got a spe- got a good guest today, recurring guest. Before I get there, got to remind everyone to subscribe to this podcast wherever you find your podcast: iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Audio Boom, wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is there. We're growing slowly but surely. We're getting more listens every single week. The more quality quant- content I produce. I expect that number to keep gradually ticking up. We did a hundred. Li- we got a hundred plus listens last week, and in an ep- a week we only had two episodes, which is pretty good. Pretty good for an independent podcast. To set the table a little bit, I had the idea for this episode. The last weekend of the college football regular season, excuse, yeah, the weekend of the conference championship games. I said, DM'd, slid into uh, PJ Clark's DMs and said. You know what would be a better thing than the All-Pro team? If we did the Space Jam team. If we built the team of NFL players based on this season's output. If we had to play the Aliens in a game of football. Who we would want on that team. Because the All-World team or the Defenders of Earth team sounds a lot cooler than the All-Pro team. So, we've got that in the second half of the episode. The table setter is wrapping up. This NFL and college season, with just a few general observations, some ideas. We use this as a sounding board to uh, workshop some of PJ and I's takes to come up with ideas that we weren't totally ready to uh, polish off and tweet or write about. But this episode is for the football nerd. Hope you guys enjoy. I'll see you guys on the other side of the drop. Patrick rolling left. Again, behind the time. And now, back to the end zone. Incomplete. Oh, a catch. First, I thought they were settling out. We're going to see, but can you believe it? I just thought it was almost like a toss-up. Or th- I think it's a touchdown. And with that, I welcome on, proudly, a recurring guest, one of the hosts of Boomer Bust the Draft Show, PJ Clark. How are we doing, bud? I am Adam Gase is unemployed, and I am happy about that for now. We'll see what happens. But happier than I was, I I'm happier than I was the last time I was on the show. Yeah, it was. Uh, what what was that? That was the week you guys beat the Rams, right? Yes, that was yeah. that was like proof of life. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. Well, maybe you don't want Trevor after all. Did you see Justin Fields on Saturday? Maybe Justin Fields is better. Maybe he's better. I don't know if I'm going that far, but he was pretty good. <laughs> I 
to see him against. Just just start throwing at start throwing at Sertain and, and we'll see what happens. So this episode was born of late night drunk ideas. I, it was a, the last college football Saturday of the regular season. And I was like, what's a good concept episode I could do for the week between the playoffs at the national championship game, the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. What can I do in this week for a football episode that isn't just previewing the games, which I'm going to do later in the week. I will have a game preview episode. Going to have hockey in the middle of this week too, because hockey season does come back next week. That's kind of important too. But this was born of a simple idea. If we had to defend the planet Earth in a football game, who would we have? Initially, I said, we have unlimited resources. We could build the best football staff money to buy. But I said, that's too one-dimensional because we're just going to have Kyle Shanahan and build our staff. And then we're going to give the keys to a DC who's just going to take care of defense by himself because defense is something I don't fund. Defense, I understand how to scheme and how to call, but offense is a little more exciting because it's a lot easier than saying, all right, we're just going to get three fast guys and sit and cover three and keep everything in front of us. Offense is how you win in this the NFL nowadays. To sound like Lewis Riddick, it's what it's all about in the National Football League. You got to be able to throw the ball. You got to score some points. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But the first half of this episode is going to be looking back on this NFL season and kind of working out some half-assed ideas that I had and takes to where I need a sounding board. And PJ is someone who has the same kind of football brain I do. My first take over here on my handy-dandy list is the college and NFL games have never been more similar. I, I, I agree because defense doesn't matter anymore. And we're having a lot of fun. Um, from from there, I, I I assume you read the profile in the athletic of the Rams defensive coordinator. Um, I just think that guy's a genius. Like yeah. I literally like I'm in. Like I kind of want the Jets to hire him. They're not going to. They shouldn't. But like that guy gets a job within the next two years, guarantee it. Um, it was just like refreshing to see a defensive coordinator be like, run the ball for five yards as many times as you want. I don't care. Like, it's not going to kill us. You'll run the clock. Like it doesn't matter, which is, you know, the way we're trending. So I'm kind of in like, I, I mean, you saw it that, that in both, I mean, Alabama didn't score that many points, but Ohio state certainly did. And I would, I would expect the national championship to be, I'd expect it to probably, I, you know, I think both teams score at least three times, if not more. Like, that game should yeah. be in the 30s, I would think. At least, at least. Um, You know, I don't know what Fields is going to do against a, a, a very, very good secondary. But Trey Sermon, Alabama's defense is not, like, the unit that they usually have. Like, Barmore is a good player. Uh, you know, great secondary. The linebackers are a little weak. Dylan Moses sucks. <laughs> like, the linebackers are weak. They should be able to run the ball at, at the very least. Um, but yeah, and I think that's why a lot of college coaches are now getting looked at for NFL jobs because there's no difference. There's no schematically, at least. There's the, you, you're playing the same game, which has not happened a lot. And it's why a lot of NFL guys are now going back down to, to college to be offensive coordinators or on staffs or whatever, because it's all the same. It doesn't matter. I Because I remember growing up that there were guys you just wouldn't touch in the draft because they didn't play in a pro-style offense. And you, could, you can't do that in the NFL. You can't take a guy who can't read defense. You can't do this. You can't do that. Because they just, you know, they played in a system that's easy for them. That's the whole point what? here. 
Yeah, what even is a pro style offense anymore? Like the spread option. Yeah, the spread like, option what, is a pro offense now. It like what even is it? Like it doesn't. There's no. In theory, you can draft anybody at this point. And I guess that's like, that's like a Wilson thing, right? Yeah. Is that he improvises too much? There's no. There is absolutely no like actual scheme to the BYU offense. It's kind of just like go do whatever you want, and he does that. But like, okay, that's like half get is just like play breaks down or out like that i i i am not i'm not you know maybe i don't know five years ago is wilson as high of a pick as he 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 is now probably not because the guy i remember the guys that stand out are the ones who didn't work the pro style guys who didn't work like you know the hackenbergs the brady quinns the matt barkley's the guys who were just they have the traits, they're tall, they're not very athletic, they got cannon arms. Once mm. we get them to the NFL, we can drop them in our pro style offenses and they will figure it out. Now we see that the good head coaches, at least in the NFL, are making a conscious effort to make their life, quarterback's life easier. Minnesota does a masterful job. Kirk Cousins is fine. Physically, skills wise, he's fine. He's not elite at any one particular thing. He you make the game easy for him. You limit the, you cut the field in half on the design rollouts and the play action stuff where he only has to evaluate two or three receivers. Same thing with Baker and the Browns. They found it's a lot easier for him if he's rolling out of the pocket because he can't see over the offensive line. They rolled him out to his left a lot, which you wouldn't think works for a right. Speaking speaking of Minnesota, Gary Kubiak is going to retire. So this is all going to change now, which is great. I mean, I like, Gary Kubiak has done a really, really great job like scheming that offense and just like it makes it hard. And it's the same thing. I think Minnesota and Tennessee are really, really similar. And the fact that, okay, so you have the two best running backs in the league on those teams and that allows you to hide. I think Ryan Tannehill's world's better than Kirk Cousins is. Yes. But that allowed you to, to hide a maybe not great quarterback behind a play action game because you, you have, you know, Derrick Henry averaging 10 yards a carry in an NFL game. Like that is a luxury that not everybody has, but then Ryan Tannehill also like protection, whatever. Ryan Tannehill was second in EPA per play this year. Like Ryan Tannehill is genuinely like the lead at this point. And I don't understand how there, there is even a counter argument. That's my hot take. Tannehill now has two straight years of being very good to elite this year. He literally like should get MVP votes. Like he was just, he was straight up. He was the second most efficient quarterback in football. Like there's, there is absolutely, there's no other way to, to I like Tannehill is, is good now. Like we just all have to get over it. That does not mean Sam Darnold is going to be good because Ryan Tannehill was never as bad as Sam Darnold for, for the jet fans listening to this. Sam Darnold is dead. Sorry. But Ryan Tannehill is elite. And that's a guy, Arthur Smith, who is going to get head coaching looks and probably will end up being a head coach. I mean, what they've done with Tannehill is what these teams that if you don't have a Rodgers, a Mahomes, a Brady, I don't even know if you can say Breeze at this point. But when you have one of those elite, elite guys who can cover up the lesser talent around them and make those guys better, 
If you don't have one of those guys, you got to make your quarterback's life easier. And this is where we can talk about the problems the Jets had, the Giants had. The Giants offense did not make Daniel Jones' life easier at all. It was a lot of well, the, the main problem is I don't care how good the offenses are. Both quarterbacks are bad. I think you can That's match the main bad traits, though, like what the 49ers do with, with Garoppolo. I don't think Jimmy is in the same tier of talent as Darnold and Jones. Like They can't do a lot physically, but when you make the game easy enough for them, you can cover up their problems. Oh, de- I mean, definitely. I just like, I don't think, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I mean, I understand apparently this is a really hot take that, that the Giants need to move on from Daniel Jones. I've tweeted this twice and I've been just yelled at by multiple people each time. Um, he's bad. Yeah. So um, I'm a big proponent of cut bait whenever you can. Yep. Um, maybe the Giants have played themselves out of quarterback. I actually, in fact, I, w- I would bet the Giants have played themselves out of quarterback range for this class, um, which is a shame because it would be a good class to be in quarterback range. Um, but like we were talking about it before we started recording, Miami should take a quarterback. Yeah. Like they should. You don't trust Tua to win you effectively playoff games. Um, okay. Cut bait. Move on. Somebody will give you something for Tua. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't, uh, if I was GM, I would not give you like, people are like, Oh, trade Tua for a mid one. I'm like, who in the hell is giving you that? Cause I don't know. But like, so you mentioned like new Orleans is going to have to get a breeze is retiring. So it's like, is, is this Taysom Hill thing real? Eh. But if you want another very good, accurate quarterback who can't throw the ball more than 10 yards, like, does New Orleans trade 29 for Tua? Like, it's totally, like, on the table. I don't think that's totally outlandish. But Miami should take a quarterback. Like, just keep swinging. Literally just keep swinging until you hit it because nothing nothing else matters. If they only need – if they can get their offensive line in order, everything else is good to go. That defense is ready to go. The skill positions are good. They just need a quarterback, and they need to square square out square away the offensive line because their offensive line was horrendous this year. They got every whoever was back there was getting killed and running for their mm-hmm. life. I, and and that's the thing is like, oh, you could literally take like the best offensive line prospect in X amount of years. Like that is now available to you, which is nice, but you also don't have a quarterback, which is bad. Yes. It's one of those things that teams are too unwilling to admit they've made a mistake until it's already too late. And you see teams screw themselves with this. What the Rams did with Goff, what the Raiders did with Carr, I I made this exact same point last time we were on together. You cannot marry yourself to a quarterback because you have to convince yourself this is your quarterback. It's like buying a dog in a bad relationship. Just because you got a dog with a girlfriend you're probably going to break up with, it's not going to save your relationship. John Gruden wants to get rid of Derek Carr. If you gave McVay a mulligan, he's not signing off to that extension. I'm sure Kyle at the time thought they'd be fine with Jimmy. You're probably, you probably could win a Super Bowl with Jimmy, but everything else has to be exact, absolutely perfect around him. Admit when you're wrong and don't keep doing something that isn't working. It's the biggest problem in the NFL today because you have the guys who are still holdovers from the last era of executive and coaches and the newer age guys who are more willing to just say, all right, this didn't work. Let's go. And like, 
I, I sent it to you when it happened the other day. Kyle Shanahan is so, so fed up with Jimmy, which is just, just hilarious because like, I, I, I mean like, Hey, he should be because Jimmy's terrible, but he very clearly for like for years now, has not been like all of this year has just not been a Jimmy fan. It's been very obvious. He's been, he's been praising Nick Mullins who I do actually kind of like who's like sneaky, uh, who I want. That would be the guy I want the jets to sign as the backup for, for whoever the hell we draft now. Um, I do like Nick Mullins. Um, but he's been calling Nick Mullins like the, the smartest quarterback in the, in the room. Like he's taking all these shots at Jimmy. Um, I think Kyle probably like wants that one back. And that was not a Kyle decision. Cause you traded a two for him. And like, I think they thought he was going to be better than he ended up being, which is, I guess, fine. But you know, that I think, I don't know how involved Kyle was in that, but I would expect San Francisco to like, just completely, completely go all out and trade for, for a quarterback. Like I'm, I'm pretty convinced. And what, so they're picking like 12th, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's not even that big of a trade up depending on who you're going to want. Um, but like in the right situation, any of these guys, not Lawrence, obviously, but any of the other three, so you're giving up at least next year's one to go move up into the top six, right? Probably yeah. around there. At least next year's one and a bunch of mid-round picks. Uh, any of those quarterbacks could be uh, a playoff team for San Francisco next year. So you're giving up a pick in the 20s. Like, I'd do it. I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't. Like, I fully expect. I fully, fully, fully expect that to happen. This is their window. In two years, that defense is going to be too expensive to keep everyone, and you have to restart what they did last year, where you have to trade away a starter who is borderline elite for a draft pick because you just can't afford to keep everyone. The infra the pieces are there. Ayuk and Debo are good. Kittle, all world. Running back, doesn't matter. Offensive line, they got to work on the tackles. I mean – What's his face was really good at left tackle. Trent Williams was really good at left tackle for them this year. McGlinchey was a disaster at right tackle for them. Defense wise, Sherman is old, but he's still effective. Linebacker, they got Fred Warner, who's one of the best in the entire league. You got Bosa coming back next year. You got Solomon Thomas coming back next year. The pieces are there for San Francisco to bounce back fine. They just need a quarterback who can give them some value on offense and not just be a liability. Yeah. And, and, I think, you know, they have a lot of – so Sherman pre pretty much already said he was leaving. Um, their entire cornerback room is like free agents. And yep. listen, the cornerbacks were not incredibly good for them this year. So that's something you got to figure out. Um, but again, the way I look at football is, is literally nothing matters until you have a quarterback, and they don't have a quarterback. So your, your corners can suck all they want. Kyle is the best coach in the league. He can only do so much. Like, you just – you need a quarterback at some at some point. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get into it in a few minutes. We're almost done with the random sounding board ideas that were rattling around our heads this morning as we're recording. Um, we talked about it a little bit before when we mentioned the whole college NFL symbiosis thing that's going on. Why on God's green earth would Urban Meyer actually even think about doing this? Uh, I – for the record, think this is 
a, a terrible. I think it's a terrible idea for <laughs> really everybody involved. Um, I just don't get, and I could be listen. I could be so super wrong. Like I'm opening myself up to old takes exposed with what I'm about to say. Um, you are hiring a guy who has never coached at the NFL level, who has now been out. Not only has he been a college coach. Uh, he's been out of football now for what, like four years. It's a long time. Um, doesn't, doesn't seem good to, to me. Um, it's like the same thing with, with like when the, the five minutes that Bill Cower was going to coach the Jets, it's like, yeah. uh, like he's Bill Cower. Yeah. But he isn't, he's been out of football for like 13 years. Like that's a, it's a long time. Game has changed a lot since then. I also think. I also like totally think the first thing I thought when I saw the urban thing, I was like, okay, Brian Kelly gets fired in two years and he's dipping anyway. So it doesn't matter. Like, not, like I totally think like, I've thought that the entire time is that urban Myers, the next head coach of the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Um, Brian Kelly just has not gotten fired yet. Um, and it's like, it feels like, so yeah, you're not recruiting, which I guess is fine. But that's but like, like Urban Meyer's like, biggest strength is that he can go yeah, out and it's get like, anyone. You're not recruiting, but like for somebody with health issues, right? A history of health issues now twice. Is this worth it? Because it's gonna be it's gonna be a grind, and that team's like that team went, went one and fifteen for a reason. Like they're not good. They have like okay defensive pieces. The defense was literally 32nd. They have pieces like Miles Jack is fine. Drafted two guys in the first round last year. CJ Henderson was like, all right. Caleb on chase on sucks, but like whatever. They can get past that. Um, and then you have like Chenault, Shark, you, uh, uh, who's the other one? Keelan Cole is pretty good. Like James Robinson, star. Offensive line is not great, but improvable. You have a lot of money. You also have Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think that's a one-year turnaround. No, that's multi-years. Look what yeah. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, they brought in Burrow, who looked the part, did as much as he possibly could. <laughs> Those are still the Bengals. It, it's not easy to win in the NFL. As Even though some teams make it look very easy, it's really not to come in from a take over a team that's 1-15. in 15. It's really, really difficult. And I mean, what made Urban Meyer so good at Ohio State and Florida were he got whoever they needed. That man recruited Zeke. He got the Bosa brothers, Chase Young. They never really figured out quarterback at Ohio State, but it didn't really matter because everything else was so good. I mean, you just go through the mental list, the Curtis Samuels, the Paris Campbells, just uh, plug-and-play tool guys. Can't do that in the NFL. I What's-his-face was on? Um, Bruce Feldman was on Rich Eisen before I got on with you to start recording this. And his point was, you don't get 25 first-round picks every year like you do if, as the head coach of Ohio State. You're not going to turn this around really quickly. And he's been out of football for a few years now. All of his assistants, they're on Ryan Day's staff or they're at other schools. And sure, convincing them to leave probably wouldn't be as impossible, but it's one thing to just cold call someone out of the blue to try and build a staff. And building a staff is not easy. These are all things that being out of football hurts you for. It's why John Gruden has had a hard time in Oakland, Las Vegas now, but he's just calling up his old buddies who've been around. The other thing, I cannot imagine 
who goes on that staff? Yeah. Like I like who is he bringing? Because like I yeah, he can call up like get the band back together, but like like just looking Dan at it, and again this is gonna. This is going to sound so uh, – if Dan Mullen leaves to be Urban Meyer's offensive coordinator, I'm going to be beside myself. <laughs> I, I'm opening myself up to, like, a lot of scorn here. But, like, I don't understand how how Urban Meyer, aside from just straight-up name value and being Urban Meyer, is better than Wink Martindale, who is a, a, a great defensive coordinator and has been in the league, has been with Baltimore for – for 13 years and has been the defense coordinator for the last five on a good defense, well-schemed, you know, they don't have a, a ton of talent on that defense and they've been okay. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Like, I just like how, how is that worse than just Urban Meyer is my question because Urban Meyer, it's going to depend. He's going to need like, I don't know. He's going to need, I don't want to say like they're, Obviously, there is no Joe Brady, but like Rule took Joe Brady and just like went with that. Like if Urban Meyer said like, "Okay, Tony, come with me," like that's different. But I don't think he's going to do that, and I don't, I don't know who is who is like running that. Tom offense. Herman. See, that would get interesting. I would say like Sark could have been on that list. Obviously, yeah. not happening now. Like he's gonna have he has to get creative. Or else, he was on Urban Meyer's staff at Ohio State. I mean, it wasn't really like you know Herman's offense, but like he was the offensive coordinator. For yeah, Ohio he was. State. He was around. Yeah, he I he mean, needs a job. I <sighs> thought I we we went back and forth the minute Herman got fired. In that maybe Herman should go to the Alabama Rehab Center. Yeah. Um, but instead, Adam Gase is going to get that job, which <laughs> whatever. Um. But, you know, Herman Talavera would have been nice. And it's like, okay, so I don't know who he's bringing. Herman actually should probably be on the list. But is that is that good? Are we sure? Are we sure we want Tom Herman over Tony Elliott? I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not. Definitely not sure. We've had a lot of fun back and forth just over the last few weeks, just rattling ideas off of each other. The last thing I wanted to talk about was the just why is college football the way it is in terms of just the legacy media harping on things that don't really matter because you and i are both media people we we acknowledge that we are fully going to be the boomer media people at some point in our lives in probably 20 years or so can't wait but just i don't care man making eight teams in the playoff doesn't solve the problem none of the the proposed solutions are going to give people what they want. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State are always going to have the best players. You're not changing that. Maybe you can grow the pie and another team can add more guys. I mean, we've seen Georgia recruit pretty well. We've seen Texas have a top 10 year here or there. We've had Penn State get one top 10 year. Michigan's been in the top 10 a few times. But just aside from like, you know, cutting the number of scholarships a team can offer, is there anything we can do? Uh, No. No, it's just it's literally just going to come down to like somebody's going to have to get a job somewhere and turn a. I actually think the most logical outcome for like that fourth team to just like insert themselves into the conversation. 
No, I think the most logical outcome has to be USC. Like, like I, Clay Helton. That, yeah, well, that's the problem, is yeah. that Clay Helton has to be fired. It's like Clemson's first decommit in like a decade. Kid just like, like kid is from LA and just flipped to USC. And I was like, okay, so this might actually be like that's the way you have to recruit the LA based. And if you're getting kids to flip from Clemson, I don't care where they're from, that's a win. That's a win. I think that I, I end because the Pac 12 sucks. And like, all right, so Oregon is what it is. Like, they, they, Oregon recruits well, yes. which is like shocking, but beatable, totally yeah. beatable. I think USC is like the most logical option to be like, oh, you got to like figure it out from here. I mean, to be that fourth team. I am a big proponent of that Lincoln Riley is a genius. I don't know if he can ever get Oklahoma over the hump. I mean, we'll see next year. They look to actually like they're going to have a defense next year, which will help. I'm not saying it's going to stop anyone, but having some semblance of a defense that can pass rush helps. I don't think Oklahoma's the fourth team. Georgia's limited because their coach just doesn't understand offense. Michigan and Texas are kind of dead at the moment. None of the legacy, the old legacy teams like Tennessee, Nebraska are relevant. No. Yeah. I, I, I just I wish because that's the thing it's like Tennessee has no path yeah. to being relevant um, Nebraska I guess technically does but it's the not 10 West happen. is doable I mean we yeah. saw Minnesota go buck wild out of nowhere last year or like what if and again the, the problem is is that they lose to Ohio State or Ohio State would lose to them in in the Big Ten championship game but like what if Wisconsin just like, what if Graham Mertz was actually good? And okay, so you have one more year of Graham Mertz if he is actually good. Because if if he's great, he'd leave next year. But like, what if Wisconsin like just just did not Wisconsin? The, yeah, like like did not Wisconsin pretty much. And like, what if they actually recruited athletes and like had a chance against Ohio State? Like that would be fun. I'd be down. Honestly, I don't know if I'd ever want two Big Ten teams in the playoff just because it would be boring as hell. But, you know, it's somebody else. I honestly – there was a point last year where I was kind of talking myself into Penn State being the fourth team just because their path isn't impossible. All you got to do is beat Ohio State, which that's not like – that sounds kind of ridiculous this year based on where both programs are. But each of the last three years, aside – Penn State played them within a one score and easily could have won the game if they had a coach who understood how to game manage, understood to go for it on fourth and two on the 50-yard line. Like, just little things. And I know we always say that's the difference between the good coaches and the great coaches is just the feel for the game, understanding the situation, knowing when to go for it, when to punt, that kind of thing. Never punt, by the way, but... Never. Just stop. Never punt. Just don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> never do it. It, it 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 sounds illogical but you don't win in football now by playing field position because no one's defense is good enough anymore it, we're we're about to talk about the defense we would build to defend the planet earth and even this defense with the dc i picked and i assume we we probably have the same defensive coordinator written down on our pieces of paper here but even with that i wouldn't feel that confident about punting and playing defense I, I I just there's no reason to. There's like absolutely no reason yeah. to. If you're relying on your defense to get a stop 
in the year of our Lord, 2021, I have some bad news. Our Lord Trevor Lawrence. Any thoughts on Penn State? Any thoughts on that potentially being the one? Because I know you're pretty adamant that that's a pretty comfy gig that we... I don't think James Franklin is a good coach. He got nine wins at Vanderbilt. I just like his in-game coaching is like so bad. Like, at some point, it's like, okay, you, like, do recruit well enough, I guess. You don't have a quarterback. Uh, what's his face? The the backup who played way too much this year. I forget Will Levis? His name. Yeah, Will Levis. He's not good. He can't throw. He can't um, throw. He's not good. Um, I just – I don't think James Franklin – like, at some point, like, everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. It's totally fine. Like, everybody has, like, in-game mental lapses. Like, I don't think Davo is a particularly great in-game coach. But, like, like I actually have a lot of problems with the way Dabo called that game the other night. Because, I, I mean, he just, like, at no point did Dabo Sweeney play to win that game. Even from the first quarter. The he punted. Yeah, he punted, he punted from, like, the minus 42 on, like, fourth and four in the first quarter. I was like, oh, like, he doesn't actually care. Because, like, if you, wanted, if you wanted to win that game, you would not have punted. Literally. I think there was five fourth down punts. Yep. That were just like incomprehensible, all at you, varying points of the game. You were going to have to score 45, 50 points to beat Ohio State that night. And you cannot do that punting. You cannot no. score 45 points if you punt three or four times in a game. You just can't. No. No. And, and, and yeah, your defense was nothing. But I feel like Dabo kind of, kind of quit like immediately. Like even in the first quarter, he just, he, he punted twice. And I was just like, you can't, can't do that. Uh, James Franklin doesn't know how to use timeouts, which no. I think is kind kind of a big deal. Um, James Franklin uh, does punt a lot, which I think is kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, if you stroke into an Ohio State win, sure, like totally feasible. That's the problem is that I think the easiest way to do it is to like be a second team in a conference like that. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to be in the opposite division. Like you have yeah. to be Wisconsin or you have to be Florida or you have to be Georgia where you don't have to play the team in the regular season. Because if you lose, if your only loss is to the main team in the championship game, you're still fine. Yeah. We've seen that. I mean, Michigan state went to the playoff. I mean, granted they got ran off the field, but you know, it's doable. I mean, granted totally that was doable. That was the worst year of Ohio State football in the decade, but it's not a coincidence. But I just – we're never going to get the illusion of parity because college football has never had parity. Like, yes, the BCS gave us a greater variance in the number of national championship winners. I think it was 15 different – 11 different champions in 15 years, something like that. And that's not what we've gotten in the football playoff era where we've had Alabama, Clemson, LSU – Am, no. am I missing someone? Alabama, Clemson, LSU, uh, Ohio State. Yeah. Ohio State won the first one, and yeah. then they haven't been back. Yeah. Until now. Yeah. It's. I mean, it is what it is at this point. It, I, it is. It is what it is. And I don't get why this is like bad. The best teams are winning. Uh, like. Yeah, I actually, I don't, I, I understand for the sake of like viewership. Yeah. Sure. But like, um, I'm a big fan of the best teams winning, <laughs> and um, I I think we should reward superiority, and um, it's kind of it's what it's kind of what's happening here. Yeah, I because 
it's no one you put in that four seed was going to beat Alabama this year. If you let, all right, let's say we do eight teams and you give Alabama and Clemson this in this seed. Clemson was two, right? Yeah, Clemson was yeah. two. So you give them to the buys. So you get Ohio State, Florida. Actually, I would have kind of liked to have seen Ohio State, Florida. Bad example. Very bad example. Yeah, this is like the one year where like Florida is like the fourth best team in the country, but lost three, but also like lost to Alabama by six points. Like Florida could have given anybody a game. Yes, like this they is could the score one, so many points. This is the one weird year where Florida actually like there was a fourth team. They just had no route to making it to the playoffs. But there was a team that feasibly could have beaten somebody. Yes. But for that does not happen. Yes. So in that scenario, you would have gotten Ohio State, Florida, which would have been fun. And then you would have had what? Oh, Iowa State, Notre Dame? Something like that? Something in that ballpark? Like, eh, what, what are we accomplishing I, from watching I, Brock Purdy, Ian Book? Yeah, I like Iowa State. Like, Matt Campbell is, like, my guy. I've wanted to just hire him now for, for three years because um, he was my choice before Gase got hired. Um I like I had uh, Iowa State to win the Big Twelve. Like I was in. Like I watched every Iowa State game this year. If Iowa State played Notre Dame, I would stab my eyeballs out with a fork by the end of the first half. Like I have no interest, none. Like nobody needs to see that. Nobody needs to see that. Nobody, absolutely nobody needs to see that. And then you would have got what? Like Oklahoma. Who was five? A and M. Oklahoma A and M would have been interesting. I don't need to see Kellen Mond play football anymore either. I, I saw a funny tweet from an A&M account I followed the other day. I was like, we've seen Kellen Mond play 46 games of FBS football, and I still have no idea if he's even replacement level. And it's a fair question. I don't know. He's very meh. He's very meh. No, there's actually there – is, there is literally no – I can't even tell you if he was a good college quarterback. Like, I, I literally can't tell you if he was a good college quarterback, which I feel like, like I can, t- like Sam Ellinger's done. I could tell you that Sam Ellinger was, I listen, I don't like him. Um, I don't think he was particularly good. Sam Ellinger was a good college quarterback. Yes. Like people are going to like, remember the name of Sam Ellinger. Like Kellen Mond. I, I literally, I have nothing. I have no memories have of Kellen Mond. Nothing. Of I Kellen have Mond. nothing in my memory bank. My of Kellen main Mond. memory of Kellen Mond is that somehow there were like four quarterbacks between Johnny Manziel and Kellen Mond, where my brain just does not understand how they were not right after each other. Because Kellen Mond played at A and M for nineteen years. He was the JT Barrett of Texas A and M. Yeah, literally. And both of them are bad. Okay. Beautiful segue. The last question I have for you in this portion before we actually start talking about the main point is who's the college football team that you're most excited about next season? Because I know you at heart. Georgia. Yeah. Georgia. Not even close. Like literally, literally not even close. Um, I think Kirby sucks at his job, which is fine. Um, actually, if you watch that Peach Bowl, um, Kirby doesn't yet realize that he has a real quarterback. Yes. And calls these rinky dink plays that he does not need to do anymore. He also has probably the best returning receiver in the country in George Pickens. Um, yet doesn't understand that yet. Maybe he will by August. Uh, doesn't know that now. Um, and I wish he did. 
But uh, yeah, smart money on JT to win the Heisman. Whatever it is, I'm taking it. Super smart money. Like I'm in on the Sam Howell hype. Like that's fine. Sam should be the favorite. Like totally cool. Um, I think there's a little bit of a post hype Rattler bubble yeah. that we're go- we're gonna see. Um, because Rattler got a lot of hype this year and did not live up to it. Like I think he closed at like eight to one or something like that, which yeah. is just nonsense. Um, I think there's a little bit of a post hype Rattler bubble. I'm excited to see Oklahoma, as you mentioned, they're gonna have a defense, but I. I think Georgia's got like a real title shot next year if Kirby figures his shit out. I mean, I came into this year expecting Alabama to have to regress a tiny bit just because of how many guys went to the league, and obviously that didn't happen. Alabama looks like they're going to win the national title on Monday. Granted, Ohio State very well could win that game. Alabama's the favorite. Touchdown-ish. Alabama should win. I came into this year expecting a little bit of regression, probably two losses. They're going to come into next year with – Who's the quarterback? What's his face? Why am I Bryce, Bryce Young? Yeah, Bryce. Who Young, is yeah. phenomenal? Like absolutely phenomenal. Totally not going to miss a beat. Mechie is just going to be the next, the next one. Yeah. Like they're going to be fine. Totally going to be fine. I think Mechie's great. I, I think, I think there is no reason to believe that he will not just be the next one in this, this line here. Um, but like, can Georgia beat them in the SEC championship? Uh, totally feasible. I th- I think I think Georgia has to overcome Kirby Smart, which sounds so dumb. But like, if he's he actually realizes, if he realizes what he has on he's, offense, Georgia's going to be dangerous. He's scared of his offense. He doesn't want to turn the ball over, and he'd rather play field position and defense. It's Georgia is going to Georgia is going to be dangerous, and I'm excited to see it. Because the East they, is going to be bad next year. Because Florida is going to oh, regress. Florida's going to be so bad, especially yeah. if Mullen leaves. Florida's going to be, oh, my God, bad. Yeah. And then no one else in that – no one else is giving them a problem in the SEC East. No. If Florida's bad. No. Absolutely not. I think Georgia is the team to 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 watch out for. Yeah. I The one – the group I have tentatively in my brain is – Georgia to win the SEC, Oklahoma to win the Big 12, Oregon to win the Pac-12, Ohio State to win the Big 10 is going to be probably close to minus money, but still got to do it. And I want to do North Carolina to win the ACC. See, that's the thing, is that if there was ever a year, like I'm not betting against DJ, I'm not betting against Clemson, um, because I think the defense, I mean, it actually, it literally can't get worse. The defense was so bad. Yeah. But you get now a, a second year of the best defensive line tandem in the country um, who as two fr- true freshmen were the best defensive line tandem in the country, at least on the interior pits edge guys were, were probably the best two edges, but Brzee and Murphy are just, uh, you know, pr- like Brian Brzee is literally the human form of the incredible Hulk. Like he is just a massive human being and like will be a top three pick in the draft two years from now, like guaranteed. Um, he had another year of them. Andrew Booth is like a is a stud. Uh, I think is probably corner one heading into next year. Um, like incredible athlete. Uh, Darion Kendrick, you know, sucks, but he's going to the draft. He's out of your hair now. Um, I think the defense literally can't get. And they lost eight eight defensive starters from last year to this year. And now you're having a lot come back. Like carry on. Uh, Kendrick is leaving. Uh, Nolan Turner's gone, Scalsey's gone, like whatever. But you have Brzee with experience, Andrew Booth with more experience. Um, 
I would I would think after such an injury riddled year, Mike Jones is coming back, who is a superstar. Um, I think Mike Jones could declare and still be a day two pick. I think he's a first round pick if he comes back next year. I'm a big Mike Jones guy. I think he's got to figure out whether he's a safety or a linebacker because they play him at both. Um, and I, I think he might be a linebacker at the next level, but I'm not entirely sure about that. Um, I'd like another year of Mike Jones tape. I'd like another year of healthy Mike Jones. Um, I'm not betting against Clemson just because I think that defense is going to be a lot better just with another year of experience under all of these guys' belts. But, like, North Carolina could totally, like. I am a Mac Brown guy. I am a Mac Brown guy. He's, like, doing a good job. They have the best quarterback in the country. Like, this is totally, just like, it's totally on the table. Totally on the table. I don't, I don't want to bet against it, but like here I am. North Carolina is winning the coastal, yeah. right? Like that's easy. Yeah. And Notre Dame won't be back because they're cowards. And no, yeah. no, Notre Dame should never, uh, Notre Dame should, should never, ever, ever be back in a national conversation ever, which is fine. That's reasonable. They've gotten three chances this decade. They've, Slept, sleepwalked through two of them and tried to um, hold the ball for 60 minutes on Saturday and scored 17 points, 14 points, something like that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. It's time. The Space Jam scenario, which we all as sports fans love to hypothetically talk about. I've often said that if there was a football game for the fate of humanity, my head coach would either be Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights or Bill Belichick. Neither of those people is on this staff. No. I wanted – I was going to still stubbornly say if I gave Belichick a week of alien tape, he'd figure out something. He would be fun. It, he'd have some ideas. He would have ideas. But for the purposes of this exercise – Based on the original discussion about building the perfect staff, we said you can't have head coaches down a coordinator level, that kind of thing, because you got you got to have realistic options here. Like the fate of humanity is on the line. But Belichick isn't being defensive coordinator for anyone. He has too much. He has too much ego for that. As much as he loves football, and I think he likes humanity, he's he's not doing that for anyone. So. We'll start with staffs because I think that's where you and I are going to have the most fun with this discussion. Yes. We're both Kyle. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm pretty like Kyle. Um, so it's been an interesting year for, for the Kyle Shanahan uh, team. Um, I was a huge Kyle guy in the, uh, the Atlanta Super Bowl. Uh, I was a tough look. Uh, I was, I've been a huge Kyle guy every year in San Francisco, uh, this Super Bowl tough look, um, got to learn to manage the clock a, a little bit better. Uh, both times, I think his offense kind of failed him not to any, like literally Jimmy has to make one throw and they win the Super Bowl, not Kyle's fault. The guy was open. Yeah. Um, but I think he is the smartest guy in the room. Uh, and if you're giving him an all-world team, he'll be able to get more out of the offense than anybody else. That's what I wanted to really talk, focus on when we talk about Kyle is he has done this this year with pretty much nothing on offense. I mean, he's had Kittle for, what, six games? He missed Ayuk for, like, two and a half months. They've had Debo on and off all year. 
they've been going from running back to running back all year. He hasn't had a ton to work with here. And they're, they were still technically alive as a playoff team going into that game two and a half weeks ago. Yes. where They had no business being in the playoffs with as injured as they are on offense and defense. They got so much out of so little. I know everybody jokes that, well, yeah, Nick Mullins has a great PFF grade because he's in the Kyle offense. Yeah, because Kyle's offense exists to make the quarterback's life easier. And when your quarterback's life is easier, they can perform well. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it is like, and you're giving him either, you know, there are two options for all-world quarterback. There's yes. really one, but there's two, I guess. There's three if you really want to be spicy. I don't. I don't. I'm, 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 I don't. I'm you don't want to bring Josh Allen to the fate of the no. universe game? Uh, actually, that would be the last. So I actually, I made this joke. The, the Houston Buffalo playoff game last year. Um, I actually, I remember I tweeted this is that I genuinely believe if the aliens came down to earth and are just like, what is football? That's the game I would show them. That game was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like I loved it. It was ever. It was everything. Josh was, Allen's lateral twenty yards down the field. <laughs> it, was, it was a terrible football game, but it was just like this is what our this is what like humanity is obsessed with. This thing. This is what I'm showing you. I would show them that game between two teams. I totally hate. Like I. I obviously as Jeff fan, I hate the Bills. I hate the Houston Texans. But like that was the most just pure joy I've ever had watching a football game. Like, no, I'm not bringing Josh Allen to the Monsters game. I'm not doing it. I'm just, I can't. I can't do it. I'm not saying I'd bring him, but I'd say he's at least in the discussion. Maybe. he He's on the list. He doesn't make it past the first cutdown day, but he's invited to training camp. He's invited to training camp. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how he's invited. Like, are we inviting Josh Allen over Ryan Tannehill? Are we sure? Positive. I, I would invite Josh Allen over Ryan Tannehill because I we could have designed runs in the red zone for Josh where we could do QB power stuff, we could do zone read stuff, and he's faster than Tannehill. That's the argument for Josh Allen is if he we is want him, we need the we want the athlete quarterback if we want to do that kind of offense. But Kyle's gonna work wonders with whoever we give him. So who'd you have for OC? Because this is where you could get a little interesting, you could get cute with it. Um I kept it pretty simple and I just, I, I think especially with Kyle, I, with Kyle, it, it might be irrelevant who the yeah. offensive coordinator is. Cause Kyle's calling our game. Yeah. Um, I, I did take Joe Brady though. I like it that I didn't have him, but I would take him for sure. I just like, I think like with those two, it's like, Right, if you're playing like the aliens for the sake of humanity, you'd want some creativity. Yeah, and you know you'll figure it out. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I want to say it was like a 40 minute hour long breakdown of LSU's offense last year, and they basically only ran like six plays on offense, but they uh -huh. were. It was beautiful. They ran the four verts offense that, like you know, Texas Tech used to run with, like last decade with Mike Leach, where they only have four plays and four to six offensive passing plays where it's just, all right, Jamar Chase, Terrence Marshall, and uh, Justin Jefferson, do what you want. Whenever you beat the corner, just put your hand up and we'll get you the ball. Yep. It, I, I think we could have a lot of fun with Joe Brady with this offense. All right. 
And defense, do we both have the same guy? I would I would think. All right, who do you have? I would go Salah, right? I have someone else. Really? I got the Rams, DC. Yeah, so that was when I was going back and forth. I think that I think the lights might be a little too bright for the first year DC. But if you <laughs> want to just run it down our throats, like it's totally fine. The other guy I went back and forth on, a guy I hate for obvious reasons, but I do think Todd Bowles is just as a defensive coordinator. He's not bad. Todd Bowles might be, if not number one, definitely number two behind Salah. Mm-hmm. Um and Todd Bowles has done, you know, there is talent on that Tampa Bay defense, but guys have gotten hurt. Um, I think he's done a really, really good job this year. Um, and he did a great job at Arizona. The Jets defenses were always good. He just is not a head coach. Um, yeah. But I think, I think it's just, I think it's Salah. Like, I, if a you lot just, with a little. He's if you had me take, like, just a coaching staff, San like Francisco. I would. Ju- I would just take San Francisco because I'd get the two of them and the the other guy, the the quarterback's coach who Salah is going to bring to be his offensive coordinator wherever he goes. Like, all right, cool. Like, we had this discussion the other day. Like, 2020 San Francisco might be like the 2010 Redskins or whatever it was where yeah. where you had McVay, LaFleur, Kyle, Raheem Morris, like all on that same staff. And you're looking back at it 10 years later. It's like, how did that happen? How did that team not win a Super Bowl? They didn't have a quarterback. Well, they did, but eh. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. His leg, his leg died. And that's Mike Shanahan's fault. But that is Mike Shanahan's fault. Yes. Yeah. All right. Our staff is set. We like what we're going to do. We're going to have a lot of play action. We're going to have a lot of jet sweeps. We're going to have a lot of pre-snap motion. We're going to make our quarterback's life very easy. All right, did you do Mahomes or Rodgers? Because those are the only two realistic ones in the discussion. I have Rodgers, but if you want to make the argument for Mahomes, by all means. Uh, I would just – I would take Mahomes because, uh, again, I feel like you can get – so Rodgers was better this year. Rodgers should win the MVP. Like, totally – like, I'm out. Like, it's totally fine. It's great. Um I just think you're going to have – like, Mahomes can run the ball. He just doesn't yes. because there's there's no, need. no reason to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you can you can scheme designed runs. It's kind of like the Josh Allen thing, except Josh Allen – I can't say Josh Allen is not good at football anymore. But Patrick Mahomes is way better than yes. Josh Allen is at every facet of football. Um, so I would just take him for the dual threat thing. But, like, yeah, I mean, you know, world on the line – you can't I'm, go wrong with Rogers at I'm, all. The thing I was thinking about with Rogers is that one anecdote about how McCarthy used to call in the plays and Rogers would like touch his ears and be like, what? And then be like, all right, we're not doing that and draw yeah. up a play on the grass. I think that would be, I don't think he's going to have to veto Kyle's play call too often, but just Rogers has been in all of those games and experience in those kinds of situations helps. That's, that's the main argument for this it, scenario. It does. It definitely does. I mean, if you gave me the choice of anyone, we're taking like Brian Peyton Manning just because he's going to dissect the defense in a yeah. way that none of these other guys think about defense anymore because they don't need to because offense is easier now. Yeah, pretty much. All right. We're not going to go through every single position because offensive linemen, no one really wants to hear me talk about Wyatt Teller's combo blocking. But no. skill positions, what do you want here? Do you want to go beef and just take Henry? We gonna I, think go- you, I, I think you have to. Yeah, I think you can get away with 
maybe not having a receiving back. That would be the thing, right? It's like, all right, so it's Henry Kamara, right? Yeah, would be those the, are the two choices. The two. Yeah, because um, Kamara he can run the ball, but you want another back for that because he's so much better at receiving the ball. I just like Derrick Henry averaged ten yards per carry in the NFL game. I'm out. Like that's all I need. Yeah. Like like I that's never had. Like I don't. I have nothing else. I literally I don't I don't have. You don't need else. anything else. Derrick Henry. Enough said. Receiver is where we can have some fun because there's variance because you can want different types of things. Okay, I, so the the first guy I'm taking. You know who it is. I hope we have the same guy. Who do you have? If we're playing aliens, I want like the 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 most alien human being of all time and Decal and Metcalf. That's the first pick. I have him as my number two receiver, but he's on our he's in our room. He's in our receiver room. That's like I just like that is that's who I like I want that guy. Like if we're playing like like I want I want him. And then like say there's a lot of like other guys that you could go with. Like I uh, I shoot me like wide receiver's most talented position in football. Like oh we, there are like 97 guys. Um I think like Devonte has yeah. has to be the other one. That's right? my like, number one. I have yeah. Adams, Metcalf, and then you're gonna get mad at who my slot receiver is, but I think like it has to be Adams. But then like, all right, so like even if you don't want Adams and you want to just go like all out, run back the 2016 all Miss like AJ Brown and DK, cool, like fine. Uh, Justin team should have won a national title. Uh, I'll just, die on that hill. Justin Jefferson, cool, fine, like not getting mad at you. Diggs had a great year this year, cool, fine, not getting mad at you. Michael Thomas was banged up all year. If he's healthy, he's still a top, you know, four wide receiver, whatever. Uh, Tyreek, all good options. Yeah. Uh, I just think it has to be, I, I think you need the strength of Metcalf on the outside, and you need Adams, who's just going to get open no matter what. No matter what. what. That's the one thing that really jumped out this year more than in recent years is that. Adams and Rogers just kind of have that inherent mental connection where it's like, that might not be the play, but Adam sees the soft spot and Roger sees the soft spot and they both get there at the same point and the ball is there. And no matter who's on him, he's doing that. I mean, Ramsey has given him a hard time in the past, but there's a reason Jalen Ramsey's on our defense as well. Mm-hmm. But I think you got to have Adams for that reason. And because I took Rodgers, I think we have to have to have him. Yes. That's why I was like, I was going back and forth on Hill. I was just like, am I doubling down on this? Yeah. But like, there's plenty of good reason to take Tyreek Hill. There totally is. But I just like, I don't know, not a particularly big dude, burner. You can't really scheme out Tyreek Hill. Like, it's impossible. But like, I prefer the big physical wide receivers anyway. So I'm taking Metcalf at Adams, I think would be the two. All right. It's time for you to get mad at me because my slot receiver is not. It, it, he's the kind of guy you need to win this game, but he did not really play a lot this year. Oh, boy. This can go so many directions. We're bringing Julian Edelman to the fate of the universe game. Oh, no, no, no. No, see, that's I'm out. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> I don't need Julian Edelman for the fate of the universe. I can't. I it's cannot. Third and four. Who is getting five yards if it requires him to get his head knocked off going over the middle? I it can't is Julian Edelman. That. Yeah, like three years ago, Julian Edelman today doesn't know his own name. All right, fine. We'll take the 
we'll take the better Julian Edelman. We'll bring Cole Beasley. Uh yeah, Cole Beasley is an option. Um, I if we're just going traditional slot, I mean, I'm I'm this is like a total homer pick, but holy shit, Jamison Crowder is good. Crowder is very good as a slot receiver. That's like, that's reasonable. Like if we're just going true slot, like I think you could do a lot worse than Crowder. Crowder's done. Crowder's done a lot over the past two years with with a bad offense. Um, and I just I hope they bring him back next year to kind of you know hopefully reap the benefits of a new regime. I don't know. I mean, Edelman would be the one like years That's ago. I don't know about guy. now. That is that- the intangibles guy. It's also like if we just need everybody to slip a little HGH, like he's got it, so that's fine. He he's got a guy. He's got the secret stuff. He's got a guy. Yeah, Michael special stuff. Julian special stuff in the locker room. I mean, listen, it it worked. It worked for the Tune Squad. Yeah. Real quick, I I'm just gonna rattle off the names here for offensive linemen because I do enjoy good offensive linemen. It's what I wish the Giants had. Like if I could yes. give my my team any one good skill position, what any one good position aside from quarterback, it's a good offensive line. Yeah, we're taking the we're bringing Bakhtiari because we have Rogers. We're healing his knee okay. with Julian's HGH. Sure, fine. We're bring we're bringing Big Q at left guard. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're bringing Jason Kelsey at center because we need a fucking bear in the middle. We're bringing Wyatt Teller because he was the best right guard in football this year on the Browns. Yeah. And we're bringing Ryan Ramchek at right tackle. Okay. Um, my one, my one gripe. I think I think I might have two two gripes. Uh, not a Jason Kelsey guy. Okay. I think I think Corey Lindsley, especially if you have the Packers yeah, thing already. Rogers, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good point. Uh. And then I think Tristan Wirfs is the best tackle in football, like already. He had a great year, and I'm very upset he was good. And Andrew Thomas was very like I I I would just take Wirfs for the right tackle. Like I just I don't even I'm I'm Becton was the best Jets rookie possibly of my lifetime, certainly since Revis, and I'm still mad they passed on Wirfs. Like that's just how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, tight end. What? What school of thought are you in? Are you in the we have Kyle, we got to bring Kittle, or yeah. we bring in Kelsey, we bring in no? Waller? I think I think it's I think it's Kittle just because you get the you get the blocking too, which is yeah. not something really anybody else brings. Um, and I mean Kittle played hurt. He had a great catch yesterday playing yeah. hurt. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you give Kyle any of those guys, and all bets are off. But just just keep Kittle involved. He gets to block too, which is always fun. Yeah. If you were to bring a second tight end, would you bring Waller for the speed mismatch where he's going to be on a linebacker or would you rather have Kelsey who's a, he's a uh, walking first down? I bring Kyle Pitts. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I bring Kyle Pitts. But we're just going to end up lining him up in the slot and on a nickel corner and he's just going to body a nickel corner. Yeah, I'd bring Kyle Pitts. And if it, and by that same logic as the slot Kadarius? receiver, I'd I'd bring Jalen Waddle or Kadarius Tony. I'd yeah. I'd have to really think about it, but I'd bring one of them. Oh, in the um what the Christian Leitner spot on the dream team? Yes. Or, yeah. Kyle Pitts definitely gets the Christian Leitner spot. If there's room for a second, uh I I do think it's Kadarius Tony or Jalen Waddle. Probably probably Waddle. I would I would trust in a bigger game than that. He's so fast. 
He's so fucking fast. All right, this is the fun part. Edge rushers are the thing that every single person who watches football is like, I just want one. We need just one pass rusher can overhaul an entire defense. We are going to build the scariest pass rush that has ever existed. So Uh the first question I have for you is, are we playing 4-3 or 3-4? See, that's the thing. Or are we just going to be a nickel so we're going to have... Yeah, I would just go with nickel because I would expect them to try to throw it. But that's the thing. I go back and forth all the time. I think it depends on... Truly, more than the edges itself, I think it more depends on the linebacker. Yeah, uh, on on the mic at least, because yeah. then it because it totally depends on who you want. It's like how much you have to cover. Are you blitzing them at all? Like, do you have any help back there? It's like, yeah, well, if you don't, then maybe you want to throw them an extra guy. But I don't know. I always prefer, at least, I think, and this is the only way the Jets is defense has ever been good is, is hand in the ground. They've never had like an outside linebacker type edge. They've always had hand in the ground guys. So I prefer a four, three, I think. Because that eliminates some of our choices. Cause we can't bring yes. TJ Watt. If we're playing four, three, we can't bring yeah. Khalil Mack if we're playing four, three. Yeah. So I, I always prefer to run a four, three and get a good middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, I could go really either way. I, I would assume we're going to run a lot of nickel it, no matter what. Yeah, I do think, though, I do think the best edge rushers, uh, my two that I would pick are both 4-3 guys. So that probably impacts my decision. Yeah, both of the guys I picked are 4-3. I did both. I wrote down what our 3-4 alignment or 4-3 alignment would be because one is we're bringing Aaron Donald no matter what. We're bringing Aaron Donald no matter what. Well, I would play Aaron Donald on the inside. I didn't even have yeah. him listed as an edge. So no, when, I, I, I I was just pass rusher in general. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. obviously, yeah. Aaron Donald. Well, Aaron Aaron Donald, congratulations! You're on the team. You're the best player in football. You're on the team. Great, yeah. cool. Thanks. Okay, this is the fun part. So I've got two edge rushers here, and I wasn't sure which one I was going to bring because I wasn't sure which Bosa brother I wanted to bring because one yeah, of them has Nick. to go. Yeah, I'm taking Nick. Cool. I, I agree. Yeah. Nick Bosa is my favorite player in football. He's amazing. Yeah. He is taking Nick. He came into the league as a rookie and was the best pass rusher in football. That yep. uh, enough said. Enough said. Yep. Taking Nick. And then who do you have on opposite? Who's the other edge guy? Who's opposite I, Nick? I think it has to be Miles Garrett, who I'm not Ooh. like a ginormous fan of, but I am taking Miles Garrett. All right. That's not who I have. Physically I have imposing. Show. I have Chase Young. Which is totally reasonable. I like, that's totally alien. fine. The yeah. most alien-looking guy we could have. I that's to totally that. fine. That's totally fine. Um, and I do think the whole Nick Bosa playing one game this year kind of throws that into a loop. Yeah. Um, because that is a guy that that maybe people have forgotten about. Like, he's not going to be on any all-pro teams or anything this year. Um, I'm just going to assume, like, his knee is fine and we're going with it. I don't care. I'm taking him, even if his knee's not fine. Like, that guy's on my team. Done. Like, I want that guy in the trench with me. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Chase Young, totally fine. To- like, I can't I can't get mad at that. Not, there's nothing to get mad about. That guy's a scary individual. Yeah. That, uh, that is one of the scariest-looking human beings I have ever seen. Uh, he stands up in an of edge rushing situation and he's just like he's taller than the offensive yeah. lineman yep. he's the size of a fridge laterally he's got the forearms of a power lifter 
he's a terrifying individual. Yeah, and he's a big dude. Who are we putting with Aaron Donald? On the uh, so Aaron Donald, I went back and forth on the second one for a while. Um, I thought about going pure homer pick and taking Quinnen, but I'm not going to. I would take Quinnen we could bring. He's reasonable. Uh, I, Quinnen is just getting better and better, and I was not a, a huge Quinnen guy. Um, but I, I'm happy to admit I was I was rather wrong about that. Uh, my second interior guy, I would take DeForest Buckner just because yep. I'm a DeForest Buckner stan. Um, there are other guys like Chris Jones can't be mad at, Cam Hayward can't be mad at. Um, I can be mad at Leonard Williams, but after the year he had, like if you want to do it, fi- fine, I guess. Um, Quinn and I wouldn't be mad at. Ed Oliver is maybe where I'd like draw the line. Uh, even Kinlaw, if we want to just talk about like straight up replacing DeForest Buckner, I'm a huge Kinlaw fan. He's very um, good. But I think it's I think it's clearly DeForest Buckner. Yeah, he's had a great season, and that indie defense is very good. Yes. that indie defense is very good, and it's yes. going to give them a chance this week. I don't think they beat the Bills, but it'll give them a chance in that game because they should be able to get pressure with four and play coverage, and they'll have a chance. All right, because we did 4-3, linebackers, we got to bring Fred Warner because we're running Salah's defense. We're running Salah's defense, and he he is the best middle linebacker in football right now. You just have to. Yeah. You have to take him, especially if you're bringing Salah. Yeah. And then who do you have for outside linebacker? Because there's a few ways you can go here because we're doing, like, conventional right and left outside linebacker. There is. And there's, like, I don't know. I went back and forth because I don't I, I I don't entirely know like if you're going conventional. The first guy I took, not really an outside linebacker, way more of a middle, but if you slide him out, like this is a guy I just want on this team to save the world is Miles Jack. Yes. Like extremely total, athletic. Yeah. So athletic. I'm like, I just I want Miles Jack to save the world. Cool. I'm in. He can run the ball too if we need him. Backup running back. Um I don't know. Who would you go with for the second spot would be my question. All right. He was not amazing this year. We're bringing the neck roll. We're bringing Van Der Esch. Interesting. He's so fast. He's so fast. Like, that's the main reason I want Van Der Esch on this team. Not a tremendously great season. I mean, I one of the Devons, either Bush or White, you can make an argument to bring. Yes, Devin Bush tore his ACL and hasn't played in quite a while. Yeah. Bring one of them. I mean, it's hard because there aren't a lot of traditional right and left outside linebackers anymore. No. And, and again, if we want to just go with, with football player-wise. Bobby Wagner? Was that who no, you I, No, not, not even. You could just take Parsons. Yeah. I, I could go for that. Well, it's one late in our spot on offense and defense. Yeah, you could just take Parsons. Yeah. I, I, I which like would that. totally be fine. I like that I, one. He'll be all right. He'd hold his I, own. He'll be all right. Definitely be all right. I'm not, I wouldn't be too terribly worried about Mike Parsons. So could slot him in. Yeah. All right. Corner. Real fast because there's three. Ramsey's on one side. Any argument against that? Ramsey, definitely? Yeah, Ramsey, I would take I, – I I mean, I see there's there's probably three corners for two spots here. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with Ramsey. On, like, a down year this year, I think he's still the, the best out of any of them. So, cool, fine. 
Uh, and then the second spot gets interesting. I have Jair. I I also would go Jair over Howard. Um, yeah. who Xavier Howard, great, great year. Uh, I think Jair Alexander might be better than Jalen Ramsey. Nobody plays the ball better than Jair Alexander in the entire league. Um, I just, I, I just, I think it's him. I think it's totally him. The reason we're bringing Jair Alexander is when the Packers played the Falcons in the regular season earlier in the year, I was still alive in my fantasy football league in like, you know, week five. All I needed was one point from Calvin Ridley, a single reception, and I would have won that week because I lost by point four. Jair Alexander did not let Calvin Ridley catch the ball once in 60 minutes. And Calvin Ridley is very good. Calvin Ridley is a borderline elite receiver in the National Football League. Jair Alexander had that man in hell for four quarters. Yeah. Uh, And he did it to Allen Robinson last night. Yeah. Allen Robinson didn't get a target in the first half. He's real good. He's real good. And slot corner, I'm bringing J.C. Jackson because we got to have one New England guy. Yeah, you got to have somebody from New England. That's totally fine. Um, I would go homer pick. He got hurt halfway through the year, but he has been the best pure slot corner in the league, Brian Poole, the last two years. Um, But, yeah, J.C. Jackson, listen, he can't really cover anybody, but he has a nose for the ball, um, which is good. I like that. Turnovers, good. Turnovers are how you're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to force the aliens into some bad decisions because this is a – I'm just trying to think about what Rodgers or Mahomes would look like in a Kyle offense, and I think it's like the bottom row of the Galaxy Brain meme where it's just the guy who's got the entire universe in his head. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. the kind of, <laughs> just because what LaFleur does is a take on Kyle's offense. It's not exactly his offense, but it's a variant. It's derivative of it. And we see what Rodgers has done. And I'll be fair. I thought Rodgers was post-prime. I think he probably is post-prime, but... I think everybody did. Yeah. I think everybody was just like, oh, he might not be like Aaron Rodgers anymore. Which is fine. Natural progression. Yeah. But uh, he's back. Yeah. Just totally fine. Because they went... They were a run-first team last year. And they're still kind of a run-first team now. It's just like... The passing situations are so easy. So it's really easy for them to put together what they do. And he does it with one receiver. If they actually use those picks on a receiver this year, they'd probably be even better. The argument I was having with someone yesterday was, how come they didn't just do one, two, and something else for Julio? Yeah. Just give the man a little more help and – you got you already have a good chance to win a Super Bowl. If they don't at least make the Super Bowl this year, I just don't know, man, from a team building perspective. From what yeah. they what they do play wise, they're fine. The guys they have now are good. They just need one more guy on offense. One more guy. They he turned Bobby Tunyon into something. Yeah. Which is he had like twelve catches all year last year and then had eleven touchdowns or something like that. Yeah. Crazy. And he still did not make the Pro Bowl over Evan Ingram. Ugh. Evan Ingram not coming to defend the universe because he's dropping the important fourth and three conversion. Evan it, Ingram stinks. <laughs> Whatever. The last thing I wanted to talk about before I got you out of here, because, you know, best part of the season for football fans, whether you're thinking about the playoffs or you're thinking about the draft, we got to talk a little bit about the uh, the no chance in hell guys who aren't coming to this team because 
it's it's kind of a forum for us to just kind of bag on Adam Gase, Jason Garrett, Daniel Jones. Who who else do you want to just take some shots at before? We uh, Jared Goff is not coming. Sean McVay is not coming. Derek Carr is not coming. <laughs> um, anybody who has like wronged the New York Jets is not coming. Whoever gave the Browns receivers COVID not coming. Um, uh, who else have I just been annoyed with this year? Um, huh. Matt Nagy. Nagy's definitely not coming. Trubisky's not coming. Um, you can just make the argument that nobody associated with the Chicago Bears is coming, which is totally fine. Yeah, because um, we're pl- we're not bringing a, we're not running a three. Urban four, Meyer is not coming. Eh, I could see Urban Meyer coming as the CEO, just to kind of stand in a tower and yell at people. No, Urban but no. Meyer's... If we're gonna do that, we'll just bring Nick. Because no, Urban Me- yeah, Urban Meyer's not coming. Did you have? Um, did you have before you continue your uh, shit list? Did you have any thought about bringing Saban? Any thought in your mind about bringing Saban? No. No? No. Because I just, I'd rather have Kyle than everybody else. Mm. Which, I'm just trying to play the devil's advocate argument that maybe we, yeah. try, we try and win this game Big Ten style. We, we try and win this game with field position. We bring Nick and we run the old school cover. We run the old country cover two defense. You run J.K. Scott, like you have to take an Alabama punter. Like you just have to do it. Just win field position, baby. What is uh? What is uh? Oh God, who is not uh, the the quarterback? Uh, John Parker Wilson. Like, yeah. What is, what is he up to? Like round. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like is is AJ, AJ still active? Like, could we just run it back? Just hand AJ the ball. McCarron had a fake punt the other day. Yeah, exactly. He's still yeah. around. Like he's fine. Yeah. Just and run then, it back. And then if we bring AJ McCarron, we get to get Brent Musburger calling the game. And oh, we all have, get to have to. Fun. Have to. Have you, to. He'd be, he'd be talking about the spread every five minutes. He'd be talking about how, well, that was certainly a punt on the third possession of the game. That's interesting to some. Because we'd be selling the rights to this to FanDuel and they'd be uh, whoring themselves out. It'd be, it'd be a mm-hmm. lot of fun. All right, shit list. I've got to, I just got to yell about Jason Garrett for, fun, Go for ahead. at least a minute. Yeah. Because Go ahead. I, Daniel Jones finished the season with 11 passing touchdowns in 2020. I know he missed a few games. I was at least kind of coming into this year like, okay, maybe they figure him out and put him in a position to succeed where, yes, he's flawed, but at least he doesn't kill them. He fucking killed them this year. The number of games, they should have beaten Tampa Bay. They should have beaten the Rams. They should have beaten the Bears. They should have beaten the Cowboys the first time. They should have beaten the Eagles the first time. That is an 11-win season with an average quarterback. Daniel Jones was horrendous. And it's in part because this offense was designed for him to not turn the ball over. And he still had 21 turnovers. Mm -hmm. He still got awful. All Jason Garrett did was drop the less talented giant skill position players into his Cowboys offense. The reason the Cowboys underachieved for the last decade because they had the least creative offense in football where they don't use pre-snap motion to let their quarterback see what the defense is doing. They don't run a lot of play action to make it easier on the passing game. They don't use the running backs in the passing game. They don't take deep shots until it's already too late and they're in obvious passing situations and it lets the pass rushers tee off. If the Giants bring back Jason, the exact same coaching staff next year and only add a receiver and expect Saquon to fix all their problems, I really might defect and just be a Bills guy. I really, I, I really might. I really might. 
I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. The Bills are fun, of course. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't like them. They are fun. I can't, I can't get mad at it. But yeah, Jason Garrett, uh, uninspiring to say the least. Yeah. Do you want to just take like a minute for an Adam Gase retrospective? I actually like. I have nothing to say anymore. Uh, the The game yesterday was actually a microcosm of Sam Darnold's entire NFL career and the Adam Gase era as a whole. Um, his last play was a tight end screen for like eight yards, just for no reason. Instead of kneeing it, had to throw one more tight end screen. Uh, it took until game thirty two to start scheming for Chris Herndon, which I would have done in game one. Um, Sam Darnold had a beautiful touchdown pass and two of the worst interceptions you will ever see. Um, it's pretty much it. I just like, I'm so far out. Like I was like very happy, even though we all knew it was happening. I don't know anymore. You just, you can't mess the next one up, which they're going to cause they're jets, but you can't mess the next one up. All right. I don't want to torture you. I won't ask you what I did last time about the potential candidates because we ran through pretty much every possibility. It's Matt. Did, it's Matt Campbell. It's Matt Campbell. It's Martindale with Tony Elliott. Or I truly, truthfully, I I don't have another option. I just hope Doug Peterson doesn't get fired because if Doug Peterson gets fired, it's going to be him. Yeah, because him and Douglas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's complicated. It's. I, I'm in the same boat with my football team, just not caring about winning football games because our owner wants to like be nice to people. Mm-hmm. Like why we kept Eli Manning till he was, you know, unplayably bad. Mm-hmm. Why, um, you know, they had a general manager search that only included people who had formerly worked for the team, that kind of thing. We're, we're, we're just, we're here to make John Mara happy. We're not yes. here to win football games anymore. And I, I've, Resign myself to this fact that even if Gettleman retires, they're just going to promote Kevin Adrian as the assistant GM, and we're going to get no closer to winning a Super Bowl. So with that, I want to thank you for coming on. Give us a little taste of what we're going to get from you guys in the next week or so. Uh, in the next week or so. So we uh, we have our Trevor Lawrence uh, postseason. We did a preseason video. Uh, we have a Trevor Lawrence postseason video dropping. Um you know, not really much to say about that. He's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it was really just us getting off the rails for like 20 minutes just for fun because we had nothing to say. And Tate is a uh, is a big Ohio State fan, so he just got his licks in. Totally fair. Um, and we are uh, rumored uh, we are trying to do a mock draft video for Thursday um, just because now the first 18 are done and do the, the playoff teams in order of seating. Um, so that'll be fun um other than that keep on uh, cranking out scouting reports getting uh getting content out there to the people because it is uh it's time to go i mean after after the national championship there's there's nothing left and it sucks because so many guys like certain we haven't done a video on yet smith uh we haven't done a field's postseason video we're waiting for that to end to to do a lot of them because that game's gonna matter but um fun times to care about the nfl draft we're here we made it by some miracle of God. For football nerds like us, the draft is the best because it marries college and the NFL as close as they can possibly be. And we get to talk about the stuff that nerds like us are interested in where it's like, well, do you really think Sertan is going to fit if you drop him in opposite Bradbury and what the Giants have been doing this year? And it makes for com- really good conversation. I-, I think that's the main thing that draft, the draft does for us as football fans is 
we always have a little bit of hope going into the draft that our team will not mess it up. But then yeah, your team, you get you get shiny new choice. That's yeah, it. I'm very upset. My team is not going to give me the the Mormon shiny toy. I, I wanted the Mormon shiny toy. You I still might get was, the Mormon. You I still. might I might get the Mormon, which would be nice, which would be fun. Listen, he totally could suck, but he'd be fun. And that's all I'm looking for. Be tremendous content. I very much enjoyed seeing the uh, few bad tweets about Justin Fields that you had to, you bumped for, uh, well, I, I don't totally agree with this anymore, but. Yeah, I had a lot of bad Justin, I, you know, over the summer, I was like, ah, if Sam's that bad, I don't want, I still don't want Justin Fields. I'm still not entirely sold on Justin Fields. I'm not entirely sold on Wilson. Um, are they both better than Sam Darnold? Yes, and that's the current line, so it can't get any worse right now. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I will have you back at some point close to the end of the playoffs when we've got a good idea of the draft order, and we can really start to plot out at least not if this guy's going there, what positions do this team need, mm-hmm. who fits here, what they want to do. I, we can pencil in the first three picks already because they're eh, first two picks. Miami at three is where it starts to get interesting. And it's very funny that for the second straight year, Miami is the fulcrum, the uh, fulcrum point in the draft because yeah. they've done such a good job of building the team the way we would build the team. Where You know, you pick up with what you can, you get as much value as you can. You accumulate as many picks as you can. And then once you have all the picks and all the money. And then at some point you have to cash them in. Yes. And it is time. We are going to fix a football team. What football team we are going to do as our rebuild. I think the Eagles present the most interesting one because they're in hell. Because they have no path to success next year. Uh, I actually think the, the real team that isn't really in hell, but we can't. There's nothing to rebuild is Houston. Um, cause, cause they are just screwed. Um, they have to trade Deshaun for like five first round picks. And yeah, no, over. that's literally, that is it. Like you just have to trade him, but they're not going to, and they will suffer. So it's fine. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming, PJ. This was fun. Yes, of course. I'm sure, this was a, a total blast. I'm sure we are going to get another random idea between now and the original plan I was going to have you on to do. Because something yes. will happen in the national championship game or something will happen in one of the playoff games this weekend. Yeah. And I'll be like, we need like the emergency Devonte Smith had 500 yards against Sean Wade. <laughs> like that's totally, it's totally Sean totally. Wade, not invited to the defending the uh, Sean, game. actually. Yes. Sean Wade is number one on, I don't want him. <laughs> I forgot about this. Cause I was talking with one of my friends about this, who he watches a lot of college football, but not in the way we do. He's like, Sean Wade, he's gonna have a he's gonna be all right on Justin Ross. And I was like, eh. Sean Wade is um literally of the entire country, Sean Wade might be the single like biggest like Sean Wade needed to have at least like a decent year, and he just doesn't know how to play outside corner. I was gonna say, how much of that bad. do you think is the just the well, they I, I think from it's, outside? I game. think it's most of it. I think he actually he's probably best as a safety that can can like get downhill and cover guys. Um I have little to no expectations for, for outside corner Sean Wade. Like I literally just, I can't even fat like Monday's going to be a disaster and I can't, I can't wait. I'm just going to, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm shoot. I'm hoping for something in the forties. I'm hoping for a high scoring. I'm basically hoping for Oklahoma, Texas from 2017, that kind of game where no one's playing defense and whoever has the ball last wins, because there are a lot of flashy players on both teams on offense. It'll make for a lot of fun. 
I think Alabama's going to win. I don't think they cover. I think Alabama wins. You, you in the same boat, or you because of how well Ohio State played, you're a little more inclined to think. Oh no, I think Alabama's going to cover. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I think they're they're pretty much uh, going to be fine. Jalen Waddle as is now practicing. Jalen Waddle players. Jalen Waddle's practicing. Sean Wade's going to die. Uh, that's it. That's, that's it. A good note. I will be back with a Islanders episode. I am recording tomorrow. That'll oh, go up Wednesday. I, hey, I've got to cover my bases here. Okay? That's totally fair. Just like sign Barzell or, or just like move on already. Figure it out. I'll have Ethan for t- recording tomorrow. That'll go up on Wednesday. I'm trying to get one of my friends who has busy work schedule to come talk about baseball as a whole, just kind of setting the table for who's still out there, where they could go later in the week. Going to have a preview episode, ironing out the guests for that. It's going to be one of two people, someone else who's either a nerd like PJ and I, or someone who's kind of a little more media side of it, who covers football, that kind of thing next week. Hockey up the ass. Ranger preview episode. That'll be me probably riding solo. Bruins episode. Trying to get a Penguins episode. Lot, lot to do. Busy time of year. If you're not already following me on Twitter, at Nick Sararis, if you're not already following PJ, you should be following PJ. Thank what, you. What, what's Appreciate the handle, PJ? The p- people can find me at the real PJ Clark. Thank you. Um, yeah. And if you're not following Gotham SN, you really should. Blake Crash really is, is just giving everyone free money every single week, handicapping football, and he's really good at it. Uh, he is. Yeah. He is very good at it. <laughs> yeah, Pete, I, I, I've always been pretty good at get, billing on football, but having Blake's voice as the other voice in my head now has made me a lot better. Follow Gotham SN. I'll have at least two written things up. There'll be three to four podcasts this week. This is crunch time, people. We're a lot of content for those of you inclined to be insightful and smart and you want to sound smart in front of your friends we got you covered i will see you guys on wednesday see you